I'm ready. I went a little heavy on my pour, but you know. Uh, you know, <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, like who gives a shit? It's a podcast. Right. Like who's gonna know? Yeah. All right. So your stage name is Tiki, right? Yes. Okay, cool, cool. Uh G Rex, you wanna do this intro? Uh yep. Are you ready? I mean I'm ready. Is everybody ready? Everybody's ready? Okay, cool. Born okay. ready. All right. Three, Three two, two, one. one. Welcome back to another episode of Shit That Goes On In Our Heads. Today we have an awesome guest. His name's Tiki. And Tiki, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, about myself, yeah. So I am a husband, a father, uh, also a dog dad. Boop, boop. Uh, so that's, that's, that, that's, that, that's what uh, I dedicate most of my time to those things and then uh, on the side i am an independent uh, management consultant and uh, also a podcast host so nice. that's, that's, that's what I do. Yeah. Nice. Don't you have a hobby with whiskey? I have a hobby. Yes. Whiskey. So every, <laughs> that's, that's what I, I, I was literally, I, I went down to my bar and I was like, what, which whiskey do I pick for this one? So I went in and picked a, a Blair Atoll, which I had uh, picked, uh, bought in Scotland when I was in Scotland. Wow. And yeah. So, so yeah, I, I, I traveled the world looking for whiskey too. So, yeah. Nice. That's another hobby. Huh? <laughs> Yeah. That's cool. I mean, I feel I feel like we're we're lucky, right, Jurex, that he's got this whiskey from Scotland. Meanwhile, I have vodka and Mountain Dew. What are you drinking, and, Jurex? Uh, coffee and Musnex. Yes. Because you know what a combination. <laughs> nice. It's okay. It'll keep it'll keep you going though. <laughs> it will. You know, I just want this damn cough to go away. It's been like three weeks. I'm over it. Yeah, it's been a while, bud. It's been a while. It's time for it to go. Um, and you have a podcast, right, Tiki? Yeah, I have a podcast. Uh, uh, my very good friend Daniel Vacanti and I, uh, we have a podcast called Drunk Agile, where we drink whiskey right up front, talk about the whiskey we're drinking, and then we run into talking about uh, management concepts, particularly agile management concepts. So, oh, what a perfect yeah. combination. Yeah, oh, no, we're talking can... about management concepts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we're, we're and, and the funny thing is, we put that out. Our primary audience is on YouTube, so everyone sees us talking of the whiskey and all that stuff. And uh, my dog Nisha, who's not here right now, she's she's the real star of the show. She's she's the one that everyone tunes in to watch. Oh, yeah. that's cool. I love that. Yeah. So, I I understand that you know G Rex from previous careers, right? How mm -hmm. long have you guys known each other for? No. And it's got to be over 14 years. Yeah, it has oh. to be because, wow. yeah, I, I, the, the place where GRX and I worked together, I think uh, I started there in 2005. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. And so, I start, yeah, and I started in 2008. So, yeah, so it has to have been since 2008, 2009 at least. Wow. What a different time it was back then. How, uh, <laughs> yes. how long oh, are yeah. you? How long were you guys working together for? I, I think we 
I think we interacted pretty much uh, like because I was uh, I was I used to be a developer, so I used to write a whole bunch of stuff that you know went out and broke in the in, in for our customers, and that's when <laughs> T-Rex that would come in. Broke. Yeah, oh, no. so that's when <laughs> that's when T-Rex or oh, my team wrote it or whatever. And that's where our interactions was. Oh, someone needs to go fix this. <laughs> yeah, so it usually be me being like ping and ping, ping and tiki, and I'd be like, yo. Uh, can yeah. y'all fix this? Because I got a bunch of customers that are not happy. Yeah. And he'd be like, yeah, we're going to get right on that. And then, yeah. and like, I'd be like silence for like a couple hours and then he'd yeah. come back and it'd be like magically fixed. So. Wow. Those were the, those were the good old days. Um, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. I, from what I understand, that doesn't happen so much anymore. <laughs> Wait, which part? <laughs> The getting fixed in a couple of hours. Oh, I was going to say because yeah. things still breaking very much happens. <laughs> well, if you if you build something, it will break. I mean, that's just <laughs> at some point you got to accept that. I need so, that like, good. if you build something, they will come. If you build yeah. something, <laughs> it will um, break. It will break. <laughs> if you build something, be ready to fix it as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. So you guys went from uh, working together. How long were you there for? You were there for a while, right? I was there for 16 years, 16, 17 years, something like that. Yeah. Man. 16 then, years, yeah. I mean, that's a long time. I can't imagine. Like, mm-hmm. I've been at my last place for, what, like seven years, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, I can't imagine doubling that. That's a long time to be invested into something. Yes. And, and it was a place where I think most of us felt like we would want to be invested in or to yeah. stay invested in. and. Uh, eventually, as 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 everything, things evolve, things change, and you know, there, there was a point where we all, I think, a lot of people started deciding it was no longer a place we wanted to be invested in. So, yeah, yeah, yeah that's and, and for me, I just got the opportunity to retire early. So, you know, yeah, age 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 was age played in my favor this time. Yeah. Uh if you don't mind me asking, so what do you think made it a place worth investing your time in? Oh yeah. That time effort, blood and sweat. Yeah. It was, it, it was a lot. I, I, I attribute it to at least two things, um, which end up being one thing, uh, the, the leadership, the leadership that we had, uh, who, who, who inspired us day to day and, uh, the people I work with on a daily basis, my team, um, which again, as I said, those two things are the one thing, which is the people, the people that 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 were around us and around around me. Uh, I wanted to show up for them every day. I wanted to show up and do my best to help them do their best. Yeah, man, that must have been. Um, I mean, it's a big change, right? To to walk away from that many years of commitment. Um, and I would imagine as a developer, it's not always the easiest of jobs, and it could get stressful. And that's the, but that's what makes it. I, uh, this has been my as I have shifted as I shifted into management. As I started reading more and more upon management theory, it ended up changing my perspective on this. To, it's really the fact that you're working on a team or a or a group of people who are committed towards the same thing that makes it so much easier. Uh, rather than feeling like you by yourself are trying to pull this whole thing forward. Yeah. Yeah. We had um, somebody on our podcast, uh, Crazy Eight, and I remember him saying that 
if the group of you have the same goal, right? Like that, that's very important. And so I feel like that's what you're saying. And, and I can yeah. relate to that as well, as stressful as it is. It's the people that keep you yeah. there. And... I mean, that's what kept me there for so long too, is, is the people, you know? Um, you know, one day I was working at what I would call Disneyland. And then the next, it was not so much Disneyland anymore. <laughs> but um, it was, you know, it was the people. And those relationships that I built and and nurtured for years and years and years. And I mean, once I retired, it was really hard to walk away from that. Um, you know, because you miss those, those daily interactions. You miss the um, camaraderie. Um, but, you know, fortunately for me, you know, I, um, I kept up with everybody. You know, I have a Zoom account. So I would like reach out to people like once every couple of weeks and you know, check on and see everybody's doing. And, you know, dirty Skittles, I call you every day. So, mm -hmm. well, almost every day. There are some days I still kind of sleep in. <laughs> and then when I do call you, you're busy. So, you know, I'm you like, know. Mm, I'll catch up with you via text. I'm still working that nine to five, but. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, I'm curious how that transition went for you, uh, Tiki, like, working somewhere for that long, being in that group of uh, people, working towards one goal, and then transitioning out of that to where you are now with this podcast. I mean, it kind of sounds like it could be related, but what happened in between? How did you get there? Yeah, when, I, when I first uh, left that job where I was for 16 years, I actually went to a different company that was looking for someone who uh, who had done pretty much exactly what I had done. And so it fit the bill. So so that that's where I was for for a year, and then I eventually got to this point. I had learned so much in so many in, in all those years that I felt like I did not want to stay uh, restricted to just one place to work with just one set of people. I wanted to um, have a broader influence, have the ability to work with people across the world. Uh, across different industries and that's that's how I went into being an independent consultant and um, it's been great because of the same thing you get to work with a lot of people with a lot of different backgrounds uh, who themselves are looking for uh, that same thing that we had which is how do we get people to be in a safe environment where they're all moving in the same direction man and your like interest into, I guess that that philosophy and that that world. Did it start with the previous employer? Or were you always like, kind of drawn to that that bit of knowledge? It it absolutely started with the previous employer. Like I I, I graduated as a developer. I spent a good amount of time writing code and and solving problems. But as I was doing that. Um, I realized the thing I really enjoyed was be sitting in a room with four people and kind of us figuring out this thing together and, you know, high-fiving when we figured it out. That that was the part that I really enjoyed. I, I also, on uh, ever since I was a little, I've played sports and uh, even now, every Sunday, I go play cricket with my team. And I love the fact that you are all in a space where you come together to get things done. Um, and... That is a realization I had much later because when you're a developer, you are one of you. You, all your colleagues, everyone trains you to put the blinders on and just look at the screen and code away. And 
over time, I discovered that that's not the part I enjoyed as much. I enjoyed the, you know, we all come together to solve a problem part a lot more. Wow. I, I'm curious if I'm... I'm just very curious. So like all the developers I know, no offense to developers and my husband Bizzle is probably gonna be like, what are you saying? Um, but like it's, they are very like to themselves focused. And I guess if that's the training, right, I guess it makes sense that um, that takes on into your personal life. But I'm I'm curious why it was so different for you, right? Like if you were there in that environment, learning from what you're seeing and being so impassioned by it, that you continue kind of on that path. I mean, that's that's cool, but also I'm like, dang, how did that happen? Because Bizzle's upstairs still keeping to himself. Like, how do I slide him into that world? <laughs> I, I'm trying to roll back 20 years to remember how it happened, yeah. but uh, uh, which is really hard after all the whiskey I've consumed. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but it's, it's one of those things where I think yeah, you do get trained to, uh, you get praised for, this is the mm -hmm. thing, you get praised for being the brilliant developer that can solve all the problems. And um, it's, it's a, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy at that point yeah. to, to be the one, you don't want anyone else to solve the problem. You want to solve mm -hmm. the problem because that's, that's what's rewarding. Um, and at some point you realize that you can't do it all by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and when you deal with other folks who only want to do it by themselves, it's even harder. Yeah. And maybe it's the maybe it's the fact that I've played sports all my life and I'm always dependent on people around me to yeah. you know for us to work together. But yeah, I yeah, can't pretty much yeah. That's yeah, I think that you know collaboration you know makes the 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 dream work right. Because you, you can't just be so siloed that you don't want to like look elsewhere for help, right? It's like peeling the onion. You can only peel it so so far by yourself. But if you have somebody else that can come in and be like in two seconds tell you exactly what the problem is, you know, I would much rather work in a collaborative environment than in a siloed environment, on, you know, with my blinders on. I don't think I could do that because I'm too much of a people person. You know, I, I was the one in class that, you know, the teacher would be like yelling at me to be like, quiet, be quiet. Well, you know, I can't be quiet because, you know, now that I found my voice, apparently I can't shut up. So, you know, it, it's all good. Yeah, that's one thing I, I think um, early in my career I learned from UGREX was um, resources and and working with other teams and like not being so dead set focused on what we were doing and realizing i guess the bigger picture that there are many teams to get us to uh to our goal so thanks g-rex i i i try i try <laughs> you know i i think you know a lot like what tiki's saying is you know we it, it takes a team right and if you if you have a team that's not willing to like come to the table and help you like solve the problem it makes it a lot harder but if you have a team that is willing to come to the table and like sit with you and kind of analyze what's going on and and you know shoot out ideas and make you kind of think about the other possibilities because if if you know me it's like hey let's just give this a shot if it doesn't work you know fuck it at least we tried you know but it, at least giving it a shot without yeah. you know just shooting it down right away 
and that that's kind of how I work. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm going to try something once. If it doesn't work, fuck it. At least I tried, you know. And Jerry, it's on the flip side of it. The, the flip side of it, right? You want people to come in and help. But I think what's harder for a lot of people who have been praised for individual brilliance is to ask for help. Because I think that's where we were talking about developers earlier. And as a, as a recovering developer, I can say this. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's very hard for, for a lot of developers to just take that step back and say, hey, I, I, I don't know how to do this. Or, I, 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 I'm, 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 out of, I'm out of my depth here. Can I get help? So uh, having that safety and that vulnerability to do that too yeah. uh, is, is, yeah, that, that's what leads to the teamwork, I think. Yeah, it took, um, it took a while for me to learn that because that was one thing. And I don't, I guess, necessarily know where it came from, but it was very hard to stop and say, I don't have it all figured out and I need help. Um, and maybe it was just that it's vulnerability, right? Like you're shedding your skin there and saying, hey, guys, help me out. <laughs> Um, was there there's, any? There's a, yeah, well, I was, just, I was gonna add one more thing. There's, there's a, there's a great, uh, there's a great book by, uh, by, by an author called Daniel Coyle. Uh, it's called The Culture Code, and he worked with a lot of different organizations and kind of figured out what are the three things required for high-performing teams. And his conclusion was: you need safety, vulnerability, and direction. You have those three things. Uh, a team can become a high-performing team. You need at least those three things. Man, that's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I because without safety, you're not going to be comfortable to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And without direction, I mean, where do you go, right? Yeah. Man, what a what? I mean, I feel like we need that on a T-shirt. I need to write that down, frame it, <laughs> keep it next to my my computer screen so that I can refer back to it. You need to, yeah, you need to go back to that like 14 times a day. But, you know, it, it also kind of plays into your, like, mental health too, right, yep. Tiki? Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, in order to, you know, be sound with your mental health, you need to have safety, right? You you need to be able to feel comfortable being who you are and being able to discuss kind of what's going on within you, right? Because... Yep. You know, a, a lot of people out there are like suffer from, you know, like mental health issues and they're too afraid to come forward because they, you know, they've all been trained or raised to, you know, keep that, keep it close to the heart, you know, put, put a big happy smile on it and just come back to work. But, you know, if you're like depressed or, you know, going through your own kind of shit, it, it's hard to do that, right? It's hard to like break out of your own headspace. And, and if you don't feel safe talking about it, you know, that, that's kind of sad, but I think that organizations more and more now are, you know, normalizing how we talk about mental health and, and making sure that, you know, their team members have the resources that they need, because that also leads to a huge amount of burnout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and just to double down on that, that there's a, a, a coming from a, a culture, I come from a culture where uh, we value uh, hard work. We value, you know, determinism, and we value like just pushing through things. Um, but we don't value mental health. We don't value, you know, taking a step back and going, oh, um, I need, I, I need help. Um, it's, it's, it, it took me at least personally, 
at least 15 years of being in the industry to uh, uh, to to be okay i do need help uh, uh i give i give i give my wife a lot of credit for this because she's the one who talked to me a lot about this stuff like you you seem like you just keep pushing through stuff and you don't even talk about it I'm like yeah what else are you supposed to do why, why would i tell anyone how i'm feeling i just need to figure out what the problem what the solution is and that's it that's all i need to do uh, it, uh, and as you were saying i think that leads to a lot of anxiety because you're taking it all on yourself rather than looking for help yeah yeah i've learned um with therapy like my signs because i think i kind of can relate to what you're saying where uh i think my normal way before of handling things was just power through like doesn't matter what it is i can do it i can get through it i'll move past it it's gonna be fine da, da, da. Um, and then learning to be vulnerable and saying okay i'm feeling anxious like even just that like identifying what types of uh physical triggers right I could notice like, oh my gosh, I'm anxious about this and I don't have to do it all by myself. You know, like that was, that was huge to learn. So I'm happy to hear that, you know, your wife was able to talk you into (laughs) (laughs) discovering that part of yourself. (laughs) That's cool. If you you add to that things like, you know, most, most people start off work and then when you're young, you're like really ambitious and you really want to do these big things you start in and, uh, it's like okay, what do I need to do to get promoted? Uh, what do, what are these things I need to do? Because once I get to, to get promoted, I won't have to do all this stuff. I won't have to like grind so hard. And then you get promoted, and you're like, oh my god, this is worse. It's now, a different grind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a different grind. I have to take care of people. I, like, okay, well, <laughs> and then you go, oh wait, but if I get to the next step, it's going to be different. I won't have to do this anymore. And you get to the next step, and you're like, oh my god, this is even worse. Now I have to play high-level politics yeah. and grind and take care of people. Uh, and that anxiety keeps building. You think that, that that moving up the ladder will help you get rid of the anxiety, but no, it only adds. Compounds. Because now, you, yeah, <laughs> now you're doing things you never did before. Yeah. I know, I know. And it's like, how do you, do you have any like, I don't know, tricks for handling stress or things that maybe you use to ground yourself during during all of that i think i think we've talked a lot about about one of the things for me which was how do i how do i reach out to my peers and kind of have those conversations because um that 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 was the beginning of it for me it was like okay how do i talk to people who are in the same situation and that that kind of thing led to the whole podcast thing too how do i talk to people who are in the same situation and we bounce ideas off of each other um, the other thing that as 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 I became a manager, not I realized, and even when I was an individual contributor, I realized that it's not about it, it's gonna sound really weird. It's not about the people, it's about the system that the people live in. Mm. You don't wanna you don't wanna focus on making the people better. You wanna focus on making the system better so that people can do their best work in it. Mm. And once you get to that point, that's when you start going, oh, I've been focusing on all the wrong things. And that's what's been causing my anxiety. I've been trying to make people better. I cannot make anyone better. What's, what I can do is I can give you the environment in which you can best express yourself. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, those those environmental factors play so much into just your day-to-day life. You know, that eight-to-five grind or being on call 24-7 that environment makes makes it all makes all the difference and you know 
um, once you see that environment change, that's when that anxiety kicks in. Yeah, this, this, I think we have been trained traditionally to look for individual brilliance, to, to point out people who are really brilliant and trying to make an example of them. Um, but I like to call this uh, baseball management, because when you're in baseball, you know, a, a really good pitcher and uh, one or two really good hitters can win you the game. But most of the games we play are not baseball, they're basketball. They're where you need basketball management, where everyone needs to work together to get open and to pass the ball. And we, there's a lot more coordination. If you keep promoting individual brilliance in a basketball environment, you get some pretty bad results because people are just competing with each other rather than coordinating with each other. Wow. So, so Tiki, like, how were you raised? Like, like, um, were you raised here in the states, or were you were you raised uh, out of the country? Yeah, I was. So I grew up in India. Uh, I was in India all all through high school. Then I moved here for college. Um, I went to I went to boarding school since I was twelve. So I have uh, I've spent very little time at home since I was twelve. Um, and uh, I had I had middle class parents who were very hardworking folks and um, like. My my uh, my dad is probably the smartest person I know, Aww. and he uh, he he did. I I saw him do essentially two things uh, almost on a daily basis: work really hard, and then come home and spend time with us, which is me and my brother, to make sure we were getting the things done that we needed to get done. Um, so yeah, that 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 was the upbringing of like kind of. No, nose to the ground, work hard, do the best you can day in and day out. Man, so no rest. He was no rest. Yeah, well, we. I mean, as I said, I played a lot of sports, so that was yeah. that was kind of rest. But even there, it was competition. They like, go go compete and be as good as you can be. Yeah. I mean, so what did they think when you like moved out on your uh, on your own, became an independent con uh, consultant? It, it, it's interesting because yeah, you grow up in this environment. So my 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 uh, my dad was was a was a government employee, pretty much his entire life. He spent one year as an independent as an engineer, but then he was uh, he he was a government employee till he retired. Um, and um, it's it, there's certain safety in being a government employee because you get a salary regardless, you get a pension regardless. There's also the same safety when you have an employer that you get a salary, you get your benefits and all that stuff. Um, when you go independent, well, that's a risk. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, it's a huge risk. And uh, my parents were very supportive of it. Definitely they were. and But they did recognize the risk of like, wow, seems like almost the first person in our family to kind of take this risk. So it's been a risk. It's It, it has its own anxiety with it because... Mm -hmm. You know, you're sitting back as as an employee. You're doing things, and there's a, there's a paycheck coming. Doesn't matter what you do every yeah. couple of weeks. With this, you're, you're you're grinding to. You have the anxiety of, hey, where does the next paycheck come from? I'm good for the next month or two. What happens after that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's stressful. I can only imagine. That's crazy. Um, Just, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I thought I thought, I thought GX was going to say something. Really. I think we were all like half know, open to the house. We're like, we're all going to say something. <laughs> I know. So 
Give her you broke me. Cough. You broke me. Let yeah. me go on this, mute. This is this is this is this is a safe, vulnerable environment where we are all giving each other the opportunity, and then we're making G Rex cough Just all cough. over the place. I mean, she's got to loosen it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> all right, let me stop. Otherwise, she's not going to be able to breathe here. You go- you both suck. You both suck. <laughs> but I'm good now. Okay. We're good. <sighs> uh, I was going to ask, like, um, how do you stay up to date with stuff? Like, are you constantly reading? Are you, what do you do to learn? I, I'm definitely constantly reading. Uh, I, I, my, um, I should have probably done this from the bar downstairs <laughs> that I have. So you could, you could see the whole thing. Um, I have a bar and then I have two bookcases which keep getting, which I, I have a really bad habit. I buy books faster than I read them. Oh, so, okay. Okay. Do, you so like, do you rotate out books? Do you get rid of them? Do you donate them? Or no, do you just I don't. Keep them? I, I used to, I, I have definitely, every time we move, I end up donating because we move every five, six years. I end up donating some, some of the older books. Like for example, a bunch of my programming books, a bunch, bunch of my developer books, I don't necessarily read them anymore, but there are kids who can definitely benefit from reading them. So I'll donate those. But a bunch of my business books and uh, all my fiction stuff, I, I, I keep those because those are reference. Do you, um, do you go back to them and read them again? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's one of those things of, uh, I think uh, this is, this is going to sound a little philosophical, but um, I think books change without changing. Because you yourself move into a different place in life. Uh, you have learned so much and you go back to a book that you read five years ago and you go, oh, wow, this hits completely differently now. This is, this is, a, this is a totally different book at this point. I never thought of it that way, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. Because whoever you are in that moment that you're reading it and digesting it and whatever is happening inside of your head at that moment in time will change. We're humans, you know? Yeah, so like the book I'm reading right now is called The Advantage by uh, Patrick Lacone. Patrick Lencioni, yeah. Yeah, oh. man, what a great book. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's um, you know, um, it really like hit home. And so I have bookmarked a few pages in here. And then um, the other book I've been reading is Emotional Intelligence 2.0. Mm. Um, you know, just being, you know, being in the moment. Um, you know, because for me, I'm a true empath. So I I really have to like watch my boundaries. You know what, if it smells like drama now, it doesn't get to come in the box anymore. Um, you know, before I had my breakdown, like I would take on the world's problems, but now I'm more focused on taking care of me and my mental health. And, um, I, you know, Dirty Skills and I were, talking and you know I was out of work for about four months doing my little sabbatical and those in those four months I healed a lot and you know I was really fortunate to be able to have that time to you know reevaluate like what's important to me you know mm-hmm. so the things that are important to me are like my podcast my family you know my health um my mental well-being my mental well-being is probably the, the highest of, of all those but like getting to do this every weekend, I love this. I love meeting new people. I love your story. I love, you know, talking about Dirty Skittles. It's it's our therapy. Yeah, um, we're selfishly uh, just learning from you. So. <laughs> no, yeah. and uh, yeah. it's, so, it's so funny because we were talking about this. I think, I think we were talking about this before we started recording. 
the, the, the five minutes we were on. It's, you know, <laughs> healthy, healthy and happy uh, people create healthy and happy systems, which end up in healthy and happy products and services. It, it, it starts with those healthy and happy systems, healthy and happy people creating those systems. That kind of I, one of my questions that I was going to ask that might be a little hard, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Um, if you were to build like the quote unquote perfect environment or that ecosystem for a group of employees, are there any things that you would say, I have to have this or I this cannot be a part of it at all? Any any thoughts there? For me, what has to be important is that everyone is invested in creating a healthy system. There are different ways to measure what a healthy system is. Uh, I, I, I am a data geek. I, I am a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a nerd that way. I, I believe in things like statistical process control and all that stuff. So I want everyone involved to be able to look at a system and go, are we in a healthy place? Is this system healthy? Is this system stable? And I don't want just the managers to do it. I don't want just, I want everyone on, on the team to be able to look at it and go, are we in a healthy place? If we are not, okay, what are we going to do? What are we all going to come together and do to get us to a healthier place? That skin in the game, that investment of, we are all in this together and we're gonna figure out how to make the system healthy. That, that would be my baseline, that would be my basic. Um, is there anything that you're like, absolutely not, this cannot be a part of it? Um, <laughs> like, but having your egos, <laughs> having your egos be so big that you feel that they're bigger than the team, mm. that I, I, for some reason, my head always goes to sports teams. Mm -hmm. And, and it's when you have, when, when you have egos that are that big, that they uh, drive the rest of the team crazy. Um, sure, you might win a few games, but it's it's not a place people want to be. It's not going to be sustainable. Um, yeah. The 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 again live in I live in South Florida, so you know Miami Heat. When we got to, when we got the the three big big names in uh, a while ago, uh, we had Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, and, and Chris Bosh all in, and first year was a bit of a debacle. We should have won everything. We didn't. Mm -hmm. It's when the three of them figured out that, oh, we need to actually work together. Uh, when Chris Bosch was like, I'll do more of the defensive stuff. Uh, Dwayne Wade was like, okay, I am no longer the main guy. I'm going to pass the ball to LeBron James. Uh, that's when we started winning championships. Mm. Yeah. I thought you were going to say the Dolphins. I'm just kidding. There's a football team around here? I had no idea. Are you sure? <laughs> they haven't shown up in years just kidding yeah but like so go go ahead no no, no 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 i was just gonna say like that i mean just listening to how you answered that for me is it's, it's resonating really deeply like i i didn't mean it uh, as a joke when i said that i'm selfishly learning from you because these are things that i'm going to take back and really think about for my you know everyday work life so um, Tiki, now that you like you're out on your own, um, like what are you doing daily for like self love and self care? Are you making sure you're taking care of yourself? Yeah, uh, the 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 thing. It's, my wife always looks at me weird when I do this, 
<laughs> I, but I, I, I talk to my dog quite a bit. Aww. Like, like my, my German Shepherd is my therapist. So <laughs> I definitely, frankly, the, the, the thing that, that helps me the most is spending time with my family. And it sounds cheesy, but it really does. It's one of those things where um, uh, we, all three of us, my daughter, my wife and I, we all work from home. So throughout the day, there are at least like five to six different moments when we're all like free at the same time and we'll do something little, something little. And then we all have, have dinner at the same time and all that. So it's, it's, it's definitely something that uh, we have learned to prioritize all three of us because um, uh, my wife comes from the same tradition, like mm-hmm. you know, nose to the ground. Let's keep going. Um, she, she, when she was working where where we all work together, um, she she would twelve, thirteen, fourteen hour days were regular for her. But wow. I think we've all gotten to a point that we're like, okay, you know what? What what gives us peace is. Uh, us spending time as a family so definitely prioritize that we've made a made a conscious effort to prioritize that and then yeah talking to my dog which is sending out your family that is definitely i love that and i i can mm-hmm. understand that because for me uh with my little nugget i doesn't matter how stressful the day was it's almost like a release like i don't have to worry about anything that happened because now i get to do whatever we're gonna do together and kind of just let it go so i get it I get it for sure. So, um, Tiki, how can like people find your podcast? How can they find your um, consultant services? Like, I I want to make sure that you know people know how to find you because there, I'm sure we have listeners out there that you know maybe need some insight from you know an independent consultant. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, the the podcast you'll find it on YouTube. That's the easiest place to find it. If you just Go and search Drunk Agile. Mm-hmm. You'll find us. Um, that's literally the name of the podcast. Um, it, 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 we, 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 as I said earlier, I, I am a, I'm, I'm a data geek. So we spend a good amount of time talking about numbers, but all those numbers are essentially aimed at building healthy systems. Um, for, for, uh, for to reach out to me directly, uh, LinkedIn is probably the best place. Uh, you, you'll find me on LinkedIn. Uh, should I give away my non-stage name? Is that how it works? If you want, it's totally. If you want, you can give your. Yeah, you can this give this a yeah. safe non-stage environment for you. Safe <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I, I just didn't want to break the rules, uh, or maybe I did. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, my my name is Pratik Singh. You'll find me. Uh, I, I broke you again, didn't yes. I? <laughs> you, you broke me again. So my name is Pratik Singh. You'll find me on uh, on LinkedIn. Um, my my photo has me with long hair, so oh, you'll see. I want to yeah. see you with long hair. <laughs> well, I, this is it gets a little longer than this, not a lot longer than this. Uh, but yeah, Pradeep Singh uh, on LinkedIn, that's the easiest way to get to me. Um, and yeah, if you're if if you're looking for someone to come help uh, help your teams build healthy systems that uh, are predictable, efficient, and effective, that's what I do. It's okay to be not okay. Just make sure you're talking to someone.